When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chuck on Score North and scorenorth.com. I don't know that there will be much carryover, I'll be honest. I used to be able to go to the combine, be very efficient with my time, you know, meet with the vendors I want to meet with, meet with the people I want to meet with and, and get out. This, is, you know, I'm going to be more heavily involved in interviews, uh, more heavily involved just meeting people, getting team building with the, the group going and things like that. So, you know, obviously you can always lean on your experience in the past just being there and, and knowing where to walk and the JW and all the all the, the things of the combine we all know and love. But uh, for the rest of it, it's going to be a pretty new experience for me and I, I look forward to it. I love a new challenge, and, you know, it'll, it'll be fun in Indy. All right. Uh, it's Quasey. Oh, ju- ju- dancing. Ju- doing, uh, likes that song. I was dancing. dance there yep. off camera I was for dancing. our YouTube Go audience. On, off. I don't care. It's a great song. My, my, just, my favorite thing at, at, uh, dance. at, at, at XL <laughs> or, like, any games when I'm sitting next to Judd, like, a, a catchy tune, a top 40 song, we'll play like, Judd, you, you know this one? Oh, I love this one. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm I love this one. I'm a fan of all of them. Love, love, love them all. <laughs> you fan of the weekend? Oh, I love the weekend. weekend. Weekend's love, great. I live for the weekend. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, all right, Mackie and Judd, this is NFL Combine Week, ladies and gentlemen. This is the week. I think a lot of people throughout the years sort of mistake what NFL Combine Week is all about. That's all. Oh, it's just a bunch of you know college players running around in uh, skimpy clothing and trying to trying to get a forty time that uh, you know helps them. And then like that's definitely definitely a big part of the combine. But the bigger part of the combine is. All of the backroom meetings and dealings. You've got all of the NFL front offices, all of the scouting departments, agents, and oftentimes even players will wander in and out hmm. of backrooms. And and you have essentially the planning for the next X amount of days and years. And so with that, Judd, let's start with statements here on a Monday. We're bringing back Buffoon of the Week oh my later God. in the show. I can't wait. J- Judd has uh-huh. a Buffoon of the Week. <laughs> But what is your first statement here heading into NFL Combine Week, Judd? All right, I'm going to start this uh, statement Monday by quoting one of my favorites, the great Jesse Spano of Saved by the Bell fame. Oh, okay. With this statement, I'm so excited. That's right. My excitement is off the charts. Are, wait, are, are you are you scared too, or yeah. just excited? No, I'm just excited. No, no, okay. no. Because the, the no... quote ends with her being I'm excited, scared, but then Zach. actually pretty scared. And yeah. Zach says, "Jesse, what are you doing? Taking those pills? And I mean, Jeff my just my God, I can't believe it. No, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, so you're excited. I'm actually the full version of the quote. I'm like, I'm so excited, so scared? but I'm also so scared. Crazy, oh I'm God. so scared. <laughs> what are you doing, Phil? Why are you taking those pills? Um. <laughs> 
As Phil just said, the National Football League Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, just a, a, um, just a football festival, starts on Tuesday. Furthermore, two weeks from Wednesday, the NFL league year starts. I feel like the ramp up, especially with the Vikings having made the changes that they have, I feel like the ramp up of late has been fantastic. And like, there's been a ton of talkers and it's been fun. But we are, we are like going down the hill for the ski jump itself. (laughs) And the jump is just starting. My excitement. And and look, it's not just Kirk. Kirk is a storyline and it's going to be incredibly interesting to see what transpires there, the phone calls and conversations the potential that he stays, how that unfolds. But beyond Kirk, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, Dalvin Cook. I mean, I can go down a list of players, certainly not all of whom are going to be gone, but all very, very important players uh, to this team in the past who a new administration is going to have to make decisions on. Yes, that's right. That's right. Much like Jesse Spano, I'm just so excited. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I, in fact, I'll just I'll just quickly piggyback here so we can we can throw all of our uh, opinions about the combine week on the table. So my my first statement is the next five years of Vikings football will be crafted in large part over the decisions they make in the next ninety days. Hmm. Think about it. All the players Judd just mentioned, Kirk Cousins, huge fork in the road. If you decide to go extension another year or two or kick money into future years. You are then committing to most of the veteran players on this roster sticking around and having money. Like you're basically kicking the can forward on a reset of the organization to some extent if you choose the path of Kirk Cousins. If you don't choose the path of Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. then it's a completely blank canvas. You might draft a you might draft a quarterback either way, quite frankly, depending on what happens with Malik Willis. Um, there's some other guys in there. But with Harrison Smith, with Eric Kendricks, with Daniil Hunter – Kirk Cousins. I would even say Adam Thielen's contract. He's one of the top, what, four or five highest paid players on the team, right? Like these are, this is the nucleus. This is the core of Vikings football from the past four, five, six, seven seasons. And all of their futures are sort of up in the air. I'm not saying that they're going to, like, there's a, that there's a planet where all of them are gone. Right. Um, I do think there's a planet where all of them stay and the Vikings do a bunch of restructures. But um, whatever this thing is going to look like, will be determined. I'm talking like three, five years down the road. You're going to make major steps in one of two different directions in the next 30 days for sure, and then by extension the draft, depending on what you do in the next 90 days. This is a People who like kind of shut their football brain off after the season's oh, no. over, the Super Bowl's over. No, this is like, this might be more fun than the actual season, especially when the Vikings are just like middling and struggling to get to eight wins. This is the shaping of... Of, of this franchise in probably a different form. Yes, this is great. This is what, when, when I got frustrated with, with Rick and Mike, like this is what I wanted. Because you took your shot, and that's cool. You took your shot. So it's not like, well, they were a miserable failure. They did nothing good. Um, you did it. It didn't work, unfortunately. And now these are two very different people in a GM and coach who have very different ideas like, so, yeah, I, I just, this is as excited as I've been just to see a restructure of things. Do you think, you know, when, when Quasey, you know, all the, the hours and hours of discussions he had with the Vikings and the, you know, the, the ownership group and the front office group that interviewed him, 
Do you think he really knew what he was signing up for? Like when he held that press conference, what, a month ago, do you think he really understood the major decisions that were facing him at quarterback with five or six key members of the roster with the salary cap? I'm guessing he had a pretty good idea because he probably did quite a bit of homework, but I mean, there is conflict inside the building on the quarterback. You know, Phil? What they should do. I think the answer to your question is he still probably, and it's just going to take time, does not have a complete understanding of those things yet. Like, I think it's going to take, like, if Kirk stays, he's going to see things in season that he just probably can't know unless he sees them, right? So I would say the answer to your question is no, but a month or a month and a half in, I don't think that the things have presented themselves entirely yet. So I think that there's more to come as far as he probably has a better taste now of the dysfunction that existed. But that being said, he's going to see a lot of things like he hasn't really dealt with with the players yet. And I'm not just talking Kirk. So and this is where this is where I will give them a little bit of time in saying that I think it's going to take some time to actually get to know people to to make more decisions like they might think one thing today about a group of players. And in six months, might think, I didn't know that that this guy was like that. Oh, I don't like this guy. So I think it's going to be unfolding. But I think Quazy is a smart enough dude where he is going to be incredibly perceptive to actual experiences that he's probably yet to have with, with certainly some players and player agents as well, which at the Combine is going to really start in earnest. I'm ex- actually jumping in here. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I, I'm, I'm excited for this reckless speculation. And in fact, we, you know, I, we used to play this disclaimer when we first used to tease this because this next few weeks is going to get absolutely juicy. So I just want to remind fans before we, before we start talking about things that there's a disclaimer here. In the Minnesota sports media scene, fans are represented by two different yet equally important groups. The homers who play with positivity and don't like to have fun and the realists who prosecute the offenders and recklessly speculate. These are their ideas. <laughs> So get ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Reckless speculation what, season, baby. What will you guys think? <clears throat> all right, as the you know, as known cousins haters here <laughs> on the show. At that, uh, you are our leader. You are our leader. <laughs> as known cousins haters, so I I am so far really impressed by everything I've heard from Quasi, everything I've heard from Kevin O'Connell. Just uh, you know, trying to get my hands on as much information, reading materials, talking to people, et cetera. And I think you guys are pretty high on on them too. Wait, Judd's in wait-and-see mode, but if they push forward with some sort of extension, like a, even if, it's th- if the third year is a void year, but if they push forward and say, all right, we're going to keep paying big money to Kirk Cousins in 2022 and 2023 and maybe even push some money into 2024, mm. how will it impact your opinion of Quasi and Kevin O'Connell? I think it's a mistake. Um, now, now, I do think for two, I, I'll give him a little bit of of wiggle room here. I do think for 2022, there could be some problems as far as because of Kirk's contract and, and if teams that are going to trade for Kirk want to do an extension and Kirk's like, oh, I'm good, then it's a problem. But there's a difference between saying, okay, you sort of got us, but we're going to be done with you ASAP as opposed to being pushed around, which is, okay, we'll extend you again. We'll do this. And those aren't I'm, – I'm not talking about trying to attach a, a void year 
to help you with your cap hit in 22. I'm talking about an actual extension. If they do that, I am going to be not impressed because they will learn, as we've all learned, that this is a guy who puts up great stats, uh, but when you are tr- when you want to win football games, he does not have the necessary fundamental makeup to do that. And so if they actually give him an extension, like if they sign on for, for the for more of the um, ill-fated cousins experience, it will definitely impact my respect for their football acumen. Mm-hmm. I, I will say uh, I won't drone on and on about it. Like I'm not gonna if if it happens, I'm, I I promise to you guys in the audience, I won't I won't bitch about it every day. I will I will look at okay, this is the reality. How can Kevin O'Connell make the best of this? Is there another level to to Kirk's game? How can he help Kirk quiet his mind in some big situations? But deep down inside, I will believe that they are signing their tickets to be fired in three or four <laughs> years from now. Uh, it's a pretty I mean, strong. That's a strong statement right there, Phil. I mean, it kind of very strong on, statement. I'm going to give you it that. It kind of right depends now. on like what the structure of the deal looks like. I mean, if they've got some wiggle room to get out to get right. a new quarterback in and get out like after 2023, right? Okay, now you, you got some room. But if they look and say, "Yep, we're going to new head coach, new GM." By the way, those two guys got fired in part because of Kirk and the contract. And there's a really interesting article from Chad Graff from the Athletic today, where you know he. He cites Mike Zimmer and a bunch of coaches behind the scenes, mostly ripping Kirk Cousins for lack of intangibles, lack of winning traits and winning plays and stuff, right? That if you were to sort of dismiss that and dismiss the way it ended with Jay Gruden and sign up for three years of it in your first trip as a GM and coach. That's hubris, man. I legitimately think that you are signing up to be a coordinator and a, let's say, a a consultant. (laughs) In three or four, you are years signing now. your football death certificate, is what you're telling us. So, oh, Dex, what do you think? I, it, it depends if Kirk wants to play ball, and by play ball, does that mean would he be willing to, to accept a lesser contract extension? Which it doesn't seem like there's any indication he's interested in doing that. I think that that's the thing. If if they sign him to a reasonable contract extension, if Kirk had the self awareness to be like, okay, what can I do to help this team? Forget about my guaranteed money. I've made a hundred and fifty five of it for God's sakes in my entire NFL career, but I haven't been able to get over the hump. There isn't, no, no matter how self-centered he might be, he does have to be aware that there is a negative perception about him. And I think if you want to prove those naysayers wrong, Kirk, if Kirk's camp's listening to this right now, then take less money so you can help build out the rest of their roster. Yeah. I think that that's the thing. If he wants to if he wants to play ball and say, all right, Kwesi, Kevin, what can I do to help out? What's the parameters that I can look at that I want to take less money so I can figure out how to get an offensive lineman and extend a Neil Hunter, et cetera? If he wants to do that, then I'm not going to fault Kwesi or KOC. The problem is I don't think there's any indication that Kirk is willing to take less money. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to sit here, you know, whether you're Kirk and Kirk's agency or whether you're a Cousins Crusader. It's really hard to sit here and say, boy, if he only had a great defense, a top 10 defense, and if only he had a, a, a really good offensive line, you got to find a new center and a new guard. And if only he had, uh, you know, the perfect coaching staff and then say, well, take the coaching staff aside because the coaching staff doesn't count to the salary cap and then say, and he wants to get paid top dollar, 40 plus million dollars a year to the salary cap, you know, 20% of the salary cap. You don't get to have all those things. You're not, you're not good enough to command 
that money and then also demand that your front office is perfect with the slim remaining resources that they have at their disposal. The problem, too, is that um, to to Dex's point, if Kirk did go in today and said, all right, you know what? I've been a I've been a selfish SOB. I want to take a pay cut. That would fly in the face of, of who Kirk is. Like if that was Kirk, I'd be in. Right. I'd be like, oh, dude, you start, you, you get it now. This is <laughs> Le- great. Le- leadership teammates, qualities. Yes, because yes. his teammates would be like, Kirk, you took a pay cut. Oh, we love yeah. you. Uh, but the problem is the entire um, Casey experience is based on basically this. Me, 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 me. Because, because that's who Kirk is. But, yeah, they, that's why all the conversations about Kirk go so much beyond, like, statistical output and, and ability to throw the football. The conversations go into this murky territory of personality and things and yeah i mean dex you're exactly right if kirk if kirk went into crazy today and said you know i have just really been i've really been selfish i'm sorry it'd be a totally different ball game with kirk mm. all right i think we're back to, to declan here yeah Did I'll, you, okay. I'll, I'll go with a, i'll go with a hockey statement here actually after uh watching what transpired with the minnesota wild over this weekend i'll say don't panic but start looking closer don't panic but start looking just a little bit closer here. The Wild have lost five of their last six. Um, they look slow in this in this little skid. They look sluggish. They don't lack. They don't have the same amount of jump that they had earlier this season. Your top line center in Ryan Hartman has become a shell of himself. Uh, just one goal, negative seven on the ice in the last fifteen games. I think Matt Dumba's injury also is starting to show a little bit. They're putting out Jordy Ben for God's sakes for significant minutes, who just has no speed or jump to his game. Uh, the, the the trade deadline is three weeks from today, and I don't foresee Garen making a panic move, but I do think he's starting to realize. That's right. Sound the alarm. That uh, that it lacks like that same special sauce that this team had in the first few months of the season, and the team's goaltending over this skid. I don't know how you look at it, Joe, but like I wouldn't say it's been superb, but it's not the reason they're losing games. And the issue is with that though is you need your goaltending to start stealing you some games, especially in the playoffs. There's going to be games where your offense goes a little silent. Can your goaltending steal you a game? I've yet to even see that. So I'm curious on what Garen is going to do here. The trade deadline's three weeks from today. I don't see a panic move coming, but start digging a little bit closer as to why the Wild haven't been as hot over the last few weeks. I sense a little panic from Judd's Hockey Show here. A little panic. Sports dad? Um, okay, I'll piggyback off that statement by with this statement about the same team. It's the moment of truth. It's the moment of truth. This is where your GM and coach make their money. Because when your team's hot, it's great. Smooth sailing. We're talking about we're talking about parades. We're talking about 94 being shut down on a on a weekday afternoon so Lord Stanley's beautiful cup oh, can be paraded in the back of a convertible with drunk players and and people. And P, uh, yeah, but I so so like <laughs> those those are the good times. Those are the great times. Those are the fun thoughts. That is like talking about the last day of school and how you're oh. going to sneak out and go go get drunk and your parents aren't going to find out but then you have then you have um stretches like this and this is going to this is where we find out a ton about uh Dean to a certain point but really Bill Guerin because as Dex said the trade d- deadline comes up on March the 21st and like what we're seeing now is very much decision time do you think that you're good enough with one or two tweaks or like one major move? Do you think that you are a good enough team 
to make one big move, because I think you can make one. I don't think like, oh, get a big defenseman and a goalie and a center. You're not going to do all, all of that. That would cripple you prospect-wise. And Bill Guerin's not stupid. But what we're seeing now is very much the moment of truth of, of okay, you see the faults, and the faults are, are more than we might have f- first thought. Do you address one of those faults in a major way, or do you say flat out, we aren't as good as I thought, and I'm not going to start to mortgage the future for for something that I don't think is going to go as far as we initially thought. Now, that sounds no fun, and I get that. It, and sounds it, like you guys are that, freaking out That's far from an ideal statement. Um, well, here's the problem. The kryptonite, I think, is twofold. I think the kryptonite is, it used to be just speed. Like, if the Wild met a fast team, they were probably screwed. This team's problem, but there are teams like this, and we saw it in Calgary on Saturday, and we've seen it twice from the Florida Panthers. Speed and some physicality derail them. It's kryptonite. And and it's not like there's a ton of teams like that, but there are teams that you're going to meet in the playoffs. And so I'm just saying, moment of truth time. This is This is where you find out. Do I go make the trades that I think can impact me to make a run this spring? Which, by the way, would be great fun. I love that. Or do you say, we aren't as good as I originally thought? And and I refuse to think Matt Dumba being out hurts them. But I refuse to say Matt Dumba is the absolute key. I, I mean, this team lost Brodeen. It lost Spurgeon. It survived. I think they're struggling. I think they're scuffling. I think that Dex is right. They look tired. Bill Guerin, you're up next. What are you going to do? So, okay, if if not now, you know, before this trade deadline, then when? You know, like at what point? So are you, are you? and I'm not saying this to you, I'm saying this right. to the front office. Are I, you waiting for, well, you know, once we can get to the level of Colorado sort of organically, then we'll make a move. I mean, at some point you need to make a move to make your team better. That's right. And, it, mm-hmm. and, and if you make a move to make your team better, it might not automatically put you on the level of Colorado, but it might put you a little closer in a, in a sport where you could steal a seven-game series. So I guess I, I think this applies to the Twins more than any team in town, but with the Twins and the Wild, sometimes it's like, oh, well, like how should we go all in? You know, should we? They're always like finessing, well, but if we, you know, if we rob from two years from now and take away resources, you know, draft picks or young players, then they're always sort of straddling the line of do we push chips in or not? Just go for it. Yeah. Make a trade. Overpay if you need to. It's the state of hockey for God's sakes. Like the they've never won a championship as the North Stars or the Wild. And this is a really damn good team that could just use a boost, a better goalie. Yeah. Like, do, do something That's what we're gonna to find help out. this team. That's my statement. That's my yeah, very statement. I'm, are they I'm going? Not, I'm not. I, don't fight. Are with they me. going in? That's my you're question. Really back at me. Billy, are you jumping in the pool? I agree. By the way, how, if you're Bill Guerin, how can you say this and then not make a big move? Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about, Virgie? Hard work, man. It's fun. That. This is about winning. I mean, you can't, you can't. I like it. Yes. You can't say that. And now we're going to find and out. And then, oh, I don't know. Back back it up, baby. Back know. it up. Yeah. Amazing. Very, very right. interesting. We're going to get to Buffoon of the Week here in a second, but I just want to say I, I put this out on Twitter. And granted, I put this out, I think, uh, no, I put it out, I'm pretty sure, after they beat Memphis. They got smoked by Philadelphia, but somewhere in that home back-to-back. D'Angelo Russell 
is in the top five players I've been most wrong about in my life talking on a microphone. Mm-hmm. I think there was a time where I was right about D'Angelo, which is he's just kind of a volume shooting, you know, flashy guard that lacks substance. And uh, he is a volume shooter and he is a streaky shooter. But I feel like he has become this calming, steady hand that not only with his scoring and, and the way that he can take over a game, but even sometimes defensively, the way that he communicates on the court with teammates, the way that he's been leading the eye contact, both on the bench and on the the eye contact. Yeah, he's great at it. He he moves guys. He move he moves teammates mm. more than Kirk does with his eyes. He's great yeah, at he's, like he's he is a great communicator. I didn't know that you were. I was watching so on a Friday. Watching his eye yeah. contact though. I'm impressed by your. Oh, I'm breaking it down when I'm when I'm there, man. Yeah, it's great. It's fun to watch. I'm dead serious. I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to be a smartass. I'm serious. No, I know he's like. There's little subtle things that he's been yep. doing. And uh, I do feel like there was a time, even early in his Wolves tenure, though, where it just he would disappear for stretches, and at both as a shooter and as a leader, um, I think he connects much better with Chris Finch. Not, I think I know that he connects better with Chris Finch than he did with Ryan Saunders, mm-hmm. and that probably like he's kind of an extension of Chris Finch. And then he's taken Ant Edwards under his wing, and obviously he's close with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so I've, I've been trying to think about the rest of that list. Like the like people are going to say, Kurt, you're wrong about Kurt Cousins, and we'll see. But uh, he's definitely top five players I've been most wrong about the way that he has kept this thing uh, going forward. What do you guys think? Who like who have you been the most wrong about in your lives <laughs> watching sports? Well, I've, I've been <laughs> I've been more wrong on the opposite end of praising guys who who t- turned out to be buffoons as opposed to like underselling guys. So. Off the top of my head, I mean, I have praised a few guys who I thought were were great. Oh, oh, classic one, Zach Parisi. Like I thought, I initially thought Zach Zach is great in the room, and the rest of the team is something's wrong. And then the more I found out, I was totally wrong. Yeah, he like was... he was more selfish than I thought. Now, now Su- suits took the cake. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, Zach was not, I thought, oh, my God, Zach's the captain. He's the spiritual, uh, what, what's the word, touch tone of this team. He's the heartbeat. Yeah, heartbeat. And I found out, uh, Judd, you're completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So that that was one, because I went on the air and extensively talked about, he must be sick of, about the fact his teammates aren't pulling their end of the bargain, blah, blah, blah. So that was probably, that was probably one of my worst just flat out takes that was a, uh, that was a take, not just like, uh, I like this guy or I don't like this guy. Uh, I used to buy so much stock into Twins prospects. I, I, oh, I, I, used, I used to buy. Oswaldo Arcia was number one. For oh, me. and I did, I did some combing. Never got a chance, though. I did some combing through Phil Mackey, Oswaldo Arcia tweets this weekend for an old tweets exposed oh, edition. We have a few <laughs> candidates already that I get to, I'll have to pick through which one. Uh yeah, I, I thought Alex Meyer was going to be an absolute stud. I'm, I'm still blocked on Twitter. With Alex Meyer. I'm still blocked by him on Twitter. Um, yes, he blocked me. Probably my most Where? famous one, which has nothing, nothing to do with a Minnesota sports athlete. I was convinced that Kevin Cobb was going to be the next stud quarterback. What? Kevin, I, I, have no, I have a lot of receipts on it. Uh, I was convinced Kevin Cobb was going to be a stud out of like Andy Reid's system. I thought when he went to Arizona, he was going to ball out. Uh, and then the dude had like 17 what? concussions and, and also just wasn't Dude, that's very such a weird... Con- concussions are the reason. Yeah, yeah a lot, lot, lot of reasons didn't Declan, work out. Declan, that's such a weird, random I, athlete I, I, I to agree. attach yourself to. I, I agree. Like, um, 
but it's Declan the one that has stands always out attached the most. himself like Christian like Ponder me- again. Mediocre quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah, you really is, do. Is, you yes. like a lot of guys who sucked. Yes. Yes. So but like I, Ponder, I would get. Uh-huh. No, you know, I, like I love Christian Ponder. I thought I he was shockingly, be I, I mean, I'm sure I have like a receiver too, but I never was huge on Ponder. I, I was mostly lukewarm on him, and that so that one I was right about. But uh, but other ones, no. A lot, lot of bad ones. I, al- I also I, just as I went down this rabbit hole because your your brother Liam and other people were like, okay, well, who else is on the list? And so I had an easier time. I'd have to really think. I you know. Obviously, we, we you know, we've taken up three, four hours a day on microphones for a decade plus, so we're plenty wrong, as you can find out Wednesdays on Write That Down. <laughs> uh, the players I have criticized or hammered the most since joining either Score or previously 1500 ESPN, and I don't think D'Lo makes the top – he's not on the Mount Rushmore for me of players I've hammered the most. I, and, Judd, you tell me if I'm wrong on this, but Kirk Cousins is probably the George Washington on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins, yep. Miguel Sano, and this would have been before you and I started doing a show. This would have been back in the Royce and Mackey days, but Delman Young are the four players I think I've spent the most time just hammering in this town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say – I'd say that those four are very fair. Very, very fair. Well, some people would say one of those four is not fair in Kirk Cousins, but I will tell you, my track record – it's three for three before you get to Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> I was right about Andrew Wiggins. I was right about Miguel Sano. I was right about Delman Young. They have one playoff. What side of history do you want to be on? Exactly. And and Delman Young. In Kirk's time here, they have one playoff appearance and one and one playoff win. That's not good enough. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, not not his fault though. Yeah. Nothing's his fault. Nothing is his his fault. <laughs> uh, Dex, do you want to sneak one more in here before we get to uh, the buffoon of the week? Uh, the last one I will have it's a it's a it's a personal one because later today I have to go to the dentist. So my my statement is make sure you are t- taking your general dentist routine checkups because I have four cavities to be filled later this afternoon. Oh, you got mm. four, and mm. they you rec- just like not brush your teeth. No, I'm good at brush. Your... I don't go to the dentist. I, it's been two years. I did that for a long time. Uh, and then also, they're not going to do it this time because I was like, no, I'm already going to go through a lot. They want to pull a wisdom tooth that already came in. And I'm just like, can we just postpone that one? Can they do that? To the next visit. At, at your establishment? Because yeah. I, so I've got all four. They want them all out, but my dentist doesn't do that. So I've got to have a consultation and, and oh, them pulled at a different clinic. No. You've made it this far, though. Like, why? Because they dumb question. Why do you need them out now? Because it it, it makes it more difficult to clean yeah. your your back teeth yeah. that figure it out that are good. I I told the doctor at one point. I said, "I'm yeah. 52. Yeah. I have th- these things have been with me the entire way. Mm-hmm. We're good friends. I like my teeth. They don't bother me. Like I'm fortunate. They they all they're they're all out." So, like, there's no huge problem. And he's like, you got to have them pulled out. I'm like, dude, I don't want them pulled out. So I feel like yeah, sometimes I'm they're, you know, they're, trying, to, they're right trying to run a business, right? Right. You know, they're trying oh, to, yeah. And they could reference you to a place where they, yeah, I've thought about that. Yeah. Okay, so what? another dumb question. What makes it harder for them to clean your back teeth? They're crunched together back yeah, there. You're, the way yeah, but with, all of your teeth are crunched together. But you're, the way the wisdom teeth, like, come in, it, it it's, like, oblonged, and it makes it, makes it difficult to... It, it builds up plaque too. They explain it to me like as yeah. it builds. It's easy to build up plaque, and it's hard to get all the way back. And they there. can't get back there. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, that's, they went, to, but they went to college for multiple years. I, to get, I concur. To I, I, your team. Hey, I, I don't I, want I them out. Disagree. Do your do your job. Okay. And I'd rather do your job. I'd rather go to the doctor. You're going to get an angry dentist email. Do your job. Do your no, job. my do your job. my people are for years have been like, you got to get this done, and I'm always like, I don't want to. And and according it's to them, I, I have mine out like ten years ago. It's pretty bad. So according for like two days, it's pretty bad. According to to them, if they have broken through. So they're not impacted, which mine are through. It's not that bad. Yeah, that's what they. If they have to go me. get them, it's yeah. a different ballgame. Like my, mine's on on the right side. Mine's all like basically all the way through. And they claimed they claim they don't even have to knock me out. They're just going to get the anesthesia and they yeah. they, they pull the sucker out. Yeah. But I'm already doing the four cavities, and I'm like, can we that's just postpone it to the August? Like my next checkup. I'm with you, Dex. That's a lot of work. I'm not trying to do four cavities and a teeth pull all Here's in one question. day. Here's my question. This is amazing. Why were people designed with things they don't need? Appendixes and wisdom teeth. Well, the word design might cause an issue with, you know, some people in our audience. Well, why are people born with things they don't need? And why is it not corrected? Correct itself. Get rid of the wisdom teeth. Do you believe people were designed or evolved? 651-646. Okay. What I'm saying is we know you don't need them now. Can we just correct that? Over time. Like, I, I think, got teeth you know, I don't need. Why do I have teeth I don't need? I don't want them. <laughs> That's a great question. You know, I will tell you, uh, if you're a business owner, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it can be like pulling teeth to grow your business, to maximize the success of your business. Bada-bing. That's where Federated comes in. Federated's all about helping you maximize your business through risk management tools and resources. There's all kinds of great people and tools available at federatedinsurance.com. You can find your dedicated marketing rep in your region to build that face-to-face relationship with, too. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. It is time now for the Judzelgad, or I should say the Mackie and Judd, because it might not always be you delivering this, yeah, but today it is. Yeah. The buffoon of the week. We're bringing this back after a six-month yeah. hiatus. Uh, uh, clown. It's kind of a sporadic bit. Buffoon. Idiot. We thought about clown of the Moron. week. I think buffoon. Buffoon's a better word. I love than buffoon. Clown, though, I love that. Yeah. So, first of all, let's get one thing clear. It would be lazy, and we could do it every week, probably for the next three months. That it would be one person, Rob Manfred, who is a buffoon. Okay, but I felt like I thought of that at first, and, and I'm like, okay, one baseball, I'm out on right now. Two, he's a buffoon every day. Mm-hmm. I needed a buffoon. I feel like if if we're going to do this, it should be an actual in progress buffoon. Wow, in progress, like a crime, a bu- like a buffoon in progress, a buffoon in progress. Because because I mean, <laughs> Rob's in progress, but again, I could do him next Monday and the Monday after that, and for however long this godforsaken yeah work stoppage goes. I, I almost feel like like the buffoon of the week is kind of it's kind of a potentially a temporary status. Like you're you're Exactly. You're, Rob Manfred is a permanent buffoon. buffoon. Right. Right. So, so we could we could almost call this the Rob Manfred honorary buffoon, buffoon of, of the week, week on Mac Exactly. And I just so for for those who who watch this and and said it's got to be baseball people. Yeah, it should be, but I'm just done with them at this point. So the buffoon of, of the week emerged on Friday night when I went to the Wolves Sixers game. And I'm sitting there, and you know what? Started off pretty good. Didn't end pretty good. Started off pretty good. Entertaining game. Uh, the the beard and bead looked great. Um, the wolves actually, for a while, looked fine. They then got blown out. 
But the buffoon of the week, the buffoon of the week spent the entire game on the floor. The buffoon of the week is a man who fits in with the greats like Angel and Joe West and Sean Hockley. The The buffoon of the week is Alan Horton's favorite ref and maybe one of the very few refs whose name I know in the National Basketball Association. Ed Molloy, come on down and get your buffoon of the week. You're an idiot. Your need and the need of your crew, but I know that you're leading this puppy to be the center of attention in a basketball game in which nobody came to see you. Nobody. We came to see the beard, and we came to see Embiid, and we came to see the Sixers and Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo and Ant. And this idiot, this buffoon, Doing his best to emulate those who have gone before him, who do who do their best to be the center of attention and ruin the event of which they are supposed to not be seen and rarely heard. Uh, this guy, this guy, Ed Malloy, <laughs> is the is the poster boy for the two minute report that the NBA issues because he's so horse bleep. He still he's has a, a job. I don't know how. Buffoon of the week, Ed Malloy. I love it. Idiot. I'm so glad you did this. Why does Ed Malloy constantly screw the Timberwolves? And, and to be clear, they did not lose that game because of Ed Malloy. But Ed Malloy did not make it easy for them to stay in the game late in the first half. And I would be curious to know how many other fan bases out there in the NBA know how bad Ed Malloy is. It goes back to the, uh, was it like 10 years ago? Kevin Love rises up for a game-winning shot, gets fouled. Gets hammered on the arm. Ed Malloy staring right at it. And that's for the, the famous, you know, Alan Horton. No! <laughs> Ed Malloy! Found it in the system. I Where mean, is. he is. Um, I'm trying to balance that with the fact that the Timberwolves and the and the fans, too. Like, every night there's a refs you suck chant. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to balance. You're 100% right about Ed Malloy. He is a disaster. He's vindictive. He's one of those guys, too, where he'll make a wrong call and then, like, a Pat Bev or somebody will go up to him and he'll just be defiant. You know, he yes. won't even want to have a conversation Angel. with one of those idiots. Angel Hernandez. Joe Angel Hernandez. Exactly right. Yes. You go. You know, 16,000 people paid to watch me right. call fouls tonight. That's right. And I'm going to – like, what was the one on yes. – well, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me finish my point, and then I'll, uh, I'll come back to the one that really pissed me off the most. I'm trying to balance. You're right. Emily is terrible. The Wolves do get hosed, I think, on a disproportionate number of calls when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns and, and Ant Edwards. But I feel like we've gone a little far. The fans chanting refs, you suck every night. You know, the announced team complaining about every other trip down. It's like the Wolves are getting screwed. It's like, guys, I agree. De- deal with it. Deal with it. Figure it out. Take the contact. Make the shot anyways. I don't know. Put your head down. Get back on defense. I'm kind, I'm kind of bothered by the way that they react to officials, but I'm, I also want to sit here and applaud you for being 100% right about Friday night, about though, the disaster that is Ed Malloy. Friday night was atrocious. Like, it, it is atrocious. And, and the fact that I know this man's name because he's so horse bleep is yeah. a problem. Well, the, one, the call that really just pissed me off the most, I believe it was Pat Bev getting into a defensive position as you're watching on TV, the, uh, yes, the Sixers were going from the right to the left side of the screen. Yes. And Pat Bev was about a foot outside of the, the circle under the hoop. So he was, his heels were not even really close. I mean, he was like, like I say, he was like a foot, his heels were like a foot away from the circle. 
He gets in position. He gets trampled. And Eb Malloy comes in, points at the circle, and says, block, right? It was a block because your feet were in the circle. And so Pat Bev gets up, does the review it. Chris Finch, yep, let's review it. So they go in and they see what all of us saw, which is his feet are out. Again, this is not why they lost the game, but it's just a thing that ticked us off. Right. And his feet were very clearly outside the circle. Ed Malloy, and, and this is where, like, how much of that call is being made by the by the refs in is it the New York Video Command the Center caucus. or whatever, right? Yes. Um, and but but whatever combination of refs, virtually or in the arena, looked at that and still upheld the call. And so Ed Malloy, then you know, uh, the call has been upheld. It is a blocking foul. Two shots for the 76ers. And Pat Bev comes walking up. And they're showing all this on Bally Sports North. And Pat Bev comes walking up and said, I was outside the circle. And Emboloy said, it was a foul. But I was outside the circle. Like, you called it a foul, not because I wasn't in position, but because I was in the circle. I wasn't in the circle. So what did you see? Like, what, is your ego preventing you from making the right call? And again, they lost by 30, like, not because right. of that. No, but, he's all, like, but, Dude, are you but Ed is always terrible. <laughs> like, like if this was like an off night for Ed, I'd be like, okay, yeah, bad night, too bad. Wolves stunk. It wasn't. He's like this every game. He's always awful. I know the man's name, and he's never done anything good. Somewhere in the second <laughs> deck, though, little Johnny came to his first Ed Malloy game with his father, exactly with his and, little like zebra yes. jersey on West. and had a great time they're, with that basketball. They're here to see me. Keep it quiet over there. Skip it. Joe West just called strike two, and it's strike two. Exactly. But, but I mean, that was, that game, that game had so many, like, cool things, right? Harden's de- debut. Embiid is fun. I mean, my God, he is fun to watch. Uh, By the way, how did him and Towns become friends? So, him and Towns are, like, yucking it up now. They Johnny K. wrote about it hated each other. Um, in, in, his, in his game story at the athletic website. Uh, on Saturday. So he and Towns were, I guess they were friends until the falling out in the game in Philadelphia. After three years ago. Yes. And then Embiid at some point during the COVID thing got COVID and was pretty sick. And it's after Carl's mom died. And so Carl reached out at some point and is like, dude, I'm really, you know, socks, blah, blah, blah. Um, That, that's, that started, that started a healing process. And then they, I guess, were at the All Star Game, were joking around and friends again, and so now they're fine. But See, but man, is he fun to watch? I'm glad that you know. Listen, whatever. I'm glad that they uh, they've let bygones be bygones. But it was pretty deeply personal. I know they got in that skirmish on the court. That's what. Yes. And the, the, you know, there was the, the something ben was said for sure. There was the Ben Simmons thing too, or wasn't like Towns laying on Simmons or something. There was a couple incidents on the court from a few years ago, but. Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid basically ganged up on Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And both like on social media they did it. You know, they would do it on the court. They they bullied him. And Embiid, even I remember like on social media made comments and chirps about Towns being a you know, a P word. Yep. Um, so I mean good for Towns for being the the bigger guy. It was more fun. Out. Hate hate's more fun. There's no question about it. I enjoy hate. Yeah. But they were like laughing and stuff. And oh like, yeah, he did like the post game hugging the chest, it out, like you would post game yeah. hugging it. Of course he 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 freaking won by what thirty points. So of course Embiid's going to be yeah, happy. He, yeah, he's a he's a moody guy. If if they would have gotten beat, I don't know if they would have been hugging it out. 
Uh, I do have a bonus statement for you guys here on the Timberwolves. Okay. We got to do something about Anthony Edwards' offense. Anthony Edwards. Come back and work with him? Um, you gonna sure. fly in? I was a, I was a, I was a sniper fly shooter in? t-shirt under the jersey when I was in eighth grade Go on the eighth him? grade B team. <laughs> hey, it's Phil Mackey. So, well, here, actually, yeah, I, w- I will help him. I will help him. All right. Because over the last four games, he's shooting 21%, and that number is up because he knocked down a couple shots in garbage time, like, you know, late in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is, let's see here, he is 11 for his last... 44 shots, something like that. But the bigger problem is more than half of his shot attempts in these games are threes. He's 1 of 6, 0 of 5, 0 of 6, 1 of 6. And this comes after the Pacers game on the road where he single-handedly brought them back. He dropped 37 points. He was lights out from three. He knocked down seven of 13 threes. He falls in love with his three-point shot too much. His three-point shot should not be the thing he's leaning on you know, to, to take over games. Right. He is a six foot six freight train who weighs two hundred twenty five pounds of pure muscle. He's one of the best athletes in the entire league. Get to the free throw line, dude. And and it, you know, he's done a decent job. He, you know, he got to the line ten times against Toronto. But I want to see this dude until further notice. Get to the free throw line eight to twelve times minimum per game. Just pound the paint. Get to the lane. If you happen to take a handful of three point shots in context, not just like. You know, dribble, dribble, pull up. Uh, if you're wide open and the ball swings to you, awesome, take a three. Otherwise, this dude can get to the rack whenever he wants, and I just want to—that's what he should do. So I, there, I fixed it. I unlocked Anthony Edwards' <laughs> he, offense right there. He looks tired to me. He's a little hurt. His knees like banged he looks, up. Yeah, he—he yeah, right. he looks ankle, like. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, but he—he looks—he looks like a guy who, um, it's going to be. He's. I think in his case, you either break through this wall potentially or you're just sort of tuckered for the rest of the season. It's his second year. He's 20 years old. You know, he's never played 60, 70, 80 games, <clears throat> NBA games, by the way, which you're traveling and you're playing against grown men who are 27, 30 years old. So all those things are in play. I don't think this is like a red flag in his career, but this is a, a key stretch where they need something from him offensively. To his credit... He hasn't stopped playing defense. That right. game against Memphis, you know, he's all over John Morant on that last possession. He still cares. Yes. So he's finding ways. I mean, he does have twelve assists over his last couple games. He's you know, he's getting his hands in passing lanes and stuff. So yeah, he's not worthless by any means, but dude, stop settling for bad shots. I just want expertise. Th- I want this team to be good because that place on Friday was great. That building was so much fun, and yeah, they they got they got uh, drubbed and it cleared out. But when that game started, you guys, it was electric. Like that is that is going to be if they can become a a good team that can at least give themselves a shot in the playoffs, like first round or something like that. There is such a starved fan base of basketball fans here who are who are just going mm-hmm. to come out, and they are a fun crowd. That was really great. Over the last, like, 20 games or so, Ant has six games of single-digit points. Yeah. And in the and he, he almost did against Philadelphia, if not for garbage time. And in those games, here are his, his uh, makes and misses. One for 11, 0 for 8. This is all shots, not just threes. Three for 10. Two for 12, two for eight, three for eight. 
So for a guy to be that imposing and that athletic, get pretty much anywhere he wants on the floor, this is all part of the growth process, too. If, he's, you know, if he was 25, 26, I would say, ooh, that's a major, major red flag. But hopefully this is just a stretch, like you said. It's getting late in a season in which Gotta break he's been through playing this. 35, 40 minutes on a nightly basis. And, yep. you know, I think defenses have kind of figured out what to do with him to a certain extent, too. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's time, to, time to get to the rack a couple more times and see if we can fix it that way. I like it. All right. Uh, let's, go, uh, let's go to Declan here. I got, I got a good statement here. Um, you know who continues to just turn it on? And I'll, I'll keep hammering because he's my guy. I know Anthony Edwards has been has been falling off a little bit with the shooting, but Jaden McTan- McDaniel's continues to show major promise, not just on the defensive side of the ball, which is what he showed, but his offensive side of the ball. The last seventeen games for J Mac, as I call him, we're tight, uh, shooting fifty one percent from the floor, thirty six percent from three, still providing that great defense. Ten points a game. Uh, he's been phenomenal for the Wolves. He, he, I think he got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, in, in his sophomore season here after a promising rookie year. But the last 17 games, so basically over the last six weeks here, he's been phenomenal. And he's coming off the bench. He has started a few times, but he's been the exact type of energy and glue guy that they've needed. Um, and he was, his name was dangled in those trade talks when we were first talking about Ben Simmons and other things earlier yeah. this summer. But J.D. McDaniels continues to show up in big-time moments for the Wolves, and I'm glad he's having a good sophomore season. Yeah, he's he was kind of lost early. Like he, yeah, I don't know if it was just... Trying to find his fit. I think Finchie. Team, yeah, I think Finchie. I, I, I think Finch was trying to get a better idea of how best to uh, use him. The interesting thing about this team now too is this one. So so Vanderbilt doesn't give you lots of points, but when he's on the floor, it's unbelievable. I mean, that guy never bleeping stops. He never ever stops. He he forces um, mistakes. His ability to keep going constantly, it like defi- defies the the norm in a season as long as as these years are. But I, again, on Friday, you guys, he was all over the floor, and like it doesn't show in the box score and on the stat sheets, but just as far as the eye test, it is really impressive. Jaden McDaniels, and I haven't gone through the exact NBA rankings, but he's one of the best at converting at the rim in the NBA. He converts on almost 75% of his shots inside three feet. So, you know, Jim Pete was talking about this, I think it was during the Sixers game, about how, you know, Finch just told him, just go play, it sounds cliche, but just go play basketball, man. Forget about whether your three-point shot's falling or not. You know, like, like he's going to be in the corner and the ball's going to swing to him, either, you know, elbow extended or corner. Probably four or five times a game, he's going to have to pull the trigger on those shot attempts. But get to the rim, slash, cut, offensive rebound, transition. That's his game right now, and he's Dex is right, man. He's finding it, and he's got more room to grow, too. I, I would be really careful about like just throwing him into a trade for a veteran and making the same mistakes that oh, Tom Thibodeau made a few years ago. Like, Absolutely. This is a young nucleus that I'm not saying it's untouchable by any means because at some point you're going to have to start looking at the Sixers, you know, teams in the West and the East that are like playing for championships and figure out how to beat those teams more consistently and then advance in the playoffs. So the roster's not untouchable, but I would be really careful about just, ah, let's just throw Jaden McDaniels in a trade for a, you know. Declan would be very upset. I'd be very upset. J-Mac, as I call Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. We're boys. That's great. That's great. All right. Judd, statement. My statement is this, and I am happy to make this statement. 
the National Football League has a competitor. It's not the XFL. It's not the USFL. It is the television networks that carry the National <laughs> Football League. Okay, we talked about this, but now it's it, it's it's, it's on. Uh, yes, they. I Mick, thought you were going to say the Major League Baseball collective bargaining talks. Oh and, no, no, no! Again, God. I'm done. I'm done. The buffoons and clowns are are in the are gone. I don't care about them. Uh, but the McVeigh thing now. So so what? So it sounds like he he was pursued with a huge contract from from Amazon, I believe. And so Stan Kroenke had to step up and like give him what twenty mil a year, something ridiculous. So he's out now, but it's great because another team didn't didn't get him a pay raise. Television did, and now it sounds like Herb Street is being pursued for the Thursday night package. Like it's an additional bonus free agent uh, deal that potentially is taking place here. That's absolutely great fun. Like it used to be, like, well, what ret- you know, what retired player will go into the booth now because you know this guy retired and he might be good. Ah, now they're coming after people at other networks. They they are pursuing coaches who still have jobs and basically offer them significant increases in pay. This it is, is fantastic. This is it. It adds a layer of reckless speculation and and controversy and fun. That to this point has never existed. I'm here for it. I love it. It's like having instead of 32 teams, there's like 38 teams, mm-hmm. and the you know, and, and the six other teams have smaller rosters, but they're definitely paying like 20 to 30 million dollars a year for, for with, with no salary caps. <laughs> they're just going after guys. I know. You think Kirk and his agent could leverage Amazon against the Vikings here in the uh, in the next couple weeks? Oh, my client uh, might be a good compliment to I think Al the Michaels Vi- on Thursday. I nights. think the Vikings would be thrilled. <laughs> I'm going to retire. Okay, cool. So good Sean papers. Payton, the, the Amazon. So apparently, you know, Sean Payton has a second meeting with Amazon. But oh, he had, is that he a d- multi? He does. Oh, okay. Yes, Sean Payton has a second meeting Interesting. with Amazon okay. happening this week. Didn't even know that. Is that it's break news to you guys? Right yes, there? I didn't know that part. Speculation. So if that happens, I'm assuming Amazon, because they're trying to build this Thursday night package, right. it's the first time that they're going to have regular slated games. I'm sure they would want multiple years of stability. Would they? Sean Payton's probably saying, well, listen, I'm going to take a year off coaching, but when I come back, I'm going to get paid probably 15 or $20 million a year by the Cowboys or somebody to be a head coach. So if you want me on a multi-year contract, the price goes up from there. So could they or wind up clause, paying yeah. Sean Payton like $100 million or something over three Who knows? Years. That's what makes this great. <laughs> That's what makes this. Oh so God, so yeah. Payton then is being pursued, I think, also by Fox, right? To replace yeah, Aikman, so. who's going to ESPN. And and they might pursue Buck and try and get him out of the, the last year of his contract. I'm telling you, it's whack. I love it. It's gonna. We talked about this a little bit last week, but I, I'm gonna find it really odd if if Buck gets out of the last year of his Fox deal to go to ESPN, and we just have it's 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 still Joe Buck you. and Troy Aikman just on let's be honest, wor- worse games. Yeah, because those Monday night games are worse than the Fox primetime. Because Fox yeah. gets essentially first choice of. Which games they want to protect throughout the year, and those the Monday night games by the end of the year aren't they are not uh, like Sunday night football. You can flex good games into those slots. Monday night you cannot. 
So you're you're just going to have those guys getting paid a lot more money broadcasting worse football games. And then there's the Manning cast. So they're going to wind up, I don't know what they're paying the Mannings, but you're going to wind up paying a lot more for your new Monday Night Football booth than you were for, all due respect, Steve Levy and Brian Greasy and Louis Riddick, right? Yes. But you're also trying to drive people to the Manning cast. Well, that's so what I don't get weird. is like, are you, are you like, like, oh, don't go to this, but if you do, that's cool? Maybe they're just, listen, however many people watch both channels combined, we're going to put the sponsors on both channels. You know, maybe that's the way they do it. It is fun. It is. Fun. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, yeah. All right. Any final statements from you guys? Uh, no. Good. Do we feel yeah, cleansed. Just, just keep your teeth cleaned and go to your routine dentist appointment, so you don't have to get four cavities filled after a two-year absence. And don't be a buffoon. And don't be a buffoon. Don't be. Oh, Ed Malloy. Go, Ed Malloy. <laughs> you know, I had a really Important good experience. Moment. At a dentist office a couple months ago, they uh, yeah. they had a smart TV. They gave me the remote and said, "Put whatever you want on the smart TV while we clean your teeth." I, I will say, my dentist—it's yeah. it, a newer practice. I, I've this is only the second trip I've had, but they aren't condescending to you because there's nothing worse than a condescending hygienist or a dentist who's just picking in your mouth and and just absolutely destroying and filleting you for your dental hygiene habits. And you can't talk back because you yeah. got a bunch of. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So what do you do for a living? I can high Yeah, I've right? had some bad experiences. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I had one years back. Your your was... No, I, I work at no, I work at K Fan. I watch Score North. Yeah, it. Uh... <laughs> oh well, my husband listens to K Fan, so yeah. I'm sorry. I don't care what yeah. you have to say. You guys want to hear my takes about Those Kirk Cousins? His contract is a huge elephant in the room. He's trying to build their action. Oh my God! Personally, I think they should go with some <laughs> someone younger and more upside. I guess you are, Doc. You're in Seattle. They pr- <laughs> just put you to sleep, Mackie. They, they'd be like, "We don't want to hear your Vikings takes." Now, <laughs> no, if you want to talk here. about Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, we'll there talk. A couple of Russell We're Wilson on. landing. You see, Russell Wilson deleted the Seahawks for his Instagram. Oh my God, that's pretty good, actually. He did. He. Uh, I, I don't think he deleted Seahawks pictures, but he but definitely last week, took like. No, all he changed gone. his avatar again. Too. All gone. They won what, out. The pictures too. The pictures too. According to what I I was listening to last week, at least I believe on Instagram, all mm. of the, all of Wilson's Seattle stuff had been scrubbed. Well, let me see. Now this was on a radio show, so uh, his profile picture is still. Oh, it's picture. back. To, it's back to Seattle now. Okay, he he put the Seahawks picture back up. Okay, so Last he's trying week, to get attention. He had a, he, but he took him out of the bio. This is the new thing have, now. He's got some Seahawks stuff. But this is the new thing. Oh, you got to scroll back quite gotta, a ways. You got to scroll a little Seahawks bit. Pictures here. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta scroll this back. is an attention grab. Okay, the last Seahawks logo picture that he had is from, let's see here, not January, so it's not that yeah. long. Yeah. like a month. This is an attention grab. Hmm. I'm not buying it. I'm not well, buying it until like, I see uh, it. The Seahawks like Kirk Cousins. Maybe you can do a swap. Anyhow, all right. Uh, typical. You had to take a shot at Kirk, didn't you? No, I think he liked You had to take a shot. You had to take a shot at Kirk. All right, that's Mackie and Judd. We'll see you guys. See you guys tomorrow. And we'll see you guys on Purple Daily, where we're going to talk about, you guessed it, Kirk Cousins. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. 
Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.